awesome. That's my note. I have melted Darth Vader helmet equals cool. <laughs> The trick is just not really giving a shit what everyone else yeah, thinks he is. Like if you open up the, 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 the dictionary and look, <laughs> look at the definition of rapey, that's it right there. Oh, they were real. They were, they were, they were, they were like super like Nazi. Super <laughs> right. And we're here for episode 14 of Jared and Michael's Factoid Exchange. We took uh, a little bit of time off. A little bit. A week or so. Yeah, well, we're, we're, bu we're busy people. We are. Busy things to do in our lives. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, so we're going to start it off, as always, with the J, the M, the F, and the X. We got the, the Just Jared, where you'll get to talk about your uh, happenings in life. And then we head on over to Mostly Michael. Mostly my mainly, life. Yeah. Mainly, A little bit of you chiming in there, though. Sometimes I try. We're going to move to Fundamentally Film, where Fundamentally, fundamentally Film and TV. And TV. This, uh, that gets glossed over sometimes, but we yeah, cover TV it's, stuff. It's, you know, it's mm. the small screen, so mm -hmm. it's a little bit less time, but mm. sometimes. So is that the bronze screen, if film is silver screen? What's the gold screen, then? IMAX? I was, I was, about, <laughs> I was about to say IMAX. Damn yeah. it, you beat me to it, yes. I, I guess so, so, so we'll call it the bronze screen. Or uh, 3D, if you're James Cameron. Mm, but only if you're James Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, and then we're going to finish it off with the X Factor, in which uh, I think we got a good one tonight. Oh, mm. I always like our X Factors. The wild can, card. The wild card. You never know what we're going we're gonna to talk about. So, uh, all right, let's, uh, let's kick it off. What do you got for us this week? Um, some, some big news, big news. I am uh, officially a homeowner now. Finally. I'm, yeah, finally. It took a long time. Finally moving out of the parents' house. Finally. You're only, what, 23? Uh, yeah, almost. <laughs> Uh yeah yeah and and what your uh, your girlfriend moved out of your parents' house with you? Yes, <laughs> out of the basement. <laughs> uh, okay, so you're you uh. You I'm a, I, I'm a, I'm a land owning white male. I could vote finally. You can finally vote. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good for you. I wish I had the privilege. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you got you finally got the house. It's done, done. You have the keys. You've moved in. I haven't moved in yet. No, no, I have oh, the house, yeah. but it is um. I don't want to say basket case, because that's a little offensive to the house. But, you know, the house means well. It just wasn't maintained over the, the past couple of years by the previous owner. Okay, so, so. it's a little uh, it's a little downtrodden. Yeah, yeah, it needs some rehab a little. It's a fixer-upper. It's a fixer-upper. But that's yeah. what you were interested in. It is, yes. Yeah, yeah it's an HGTV special. Okay. Yeah. I, okay, a little, uh, little, uh, nah, it's not a, it's not, it's not, we're not doing, like, flip or flop here. This is your house. You're going to live in this house. This is where you're going to grow old in this house? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. Really? It's certainly, it's, it's a lot of house. It's four bedroom, two bath, an acre and a half of land, two car garage, a shed, another potting shed type outbuilding. It's a little more than I need. That is a lot of house. That's a, it's a, it's yeah, it's a lot of stuff. Uh, I mean, you're still like a, you're still like you know, there's no little little Jareds running around yet. There's no like you don't even have like a dog. No, no, thank that's, God. Yeah, that's a lot of house to, to maintain. You're yeah, gonna, you're gonna have like your man cave and your second man cave and your uh, your guest room and your whatever else. Yeah, yeah, all those things. Guest bedroom, linen closet apparently is a thing you need. <laughs> it's a thing you need. Yes. We have a linen closet. Yeah, I actually d currently don't have a linen closet in the house in uh, Anna. Was insistent that when when I'm you know framing out walls for different rooms that we add a linen closet somewhere because that's like a necessity in a house and I'm like, why don't you just keep them like in a regular closet or why don't you keep them in the basement? Like, why don't we just keep them in that closet? Right. And call it the linen right. closet. I, I, I don't know. There needs to be one with like a little narrow door and it has to have lots of little shelves on it. Apparently, this mm -hmm. is this is necessary stuff. 
Evidently. Yeah. When I was uh, living in Philadelphia, my roommate and I turned our linen closet into a bar. <laughs> I do remember that. We pulled out the bottom shelves, put in a mini fridge, and then we had on all the little shelves different liquors, like mm. vodkas and whiskeys and mixers and, and cups and uh, glasses and everything. And it had the nice, like, sliding doors. We could open it up. And it was at the time, we thought it was very classy, but in reality, it was pretty tacky. Yes. <laughs> Incredibly. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's what you do when you're 23. We lived in the friend's apartment where, yeah. we, like, you know, they had, like, the foosball table and everything else. We had a ping pong table. It came down like a Murphy bed. You did. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember this. And so that's what we'd eat off of. And then we'd, like, pull it back up or, like, we'd pull it all the way out and just play ping pong in the living room. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, that's what a 23-year-old does when he gets his first apartment. Yeah, yeah it was a cool place. Yep. Uh, so what do you, if you got your house and you're, you're building it, not you're not building the house, you're fixing the house. Renovating. Off. You're renovating yeah. the house. So what is like the what is like the biggest piece? What is the piece de resistance of this house gonna be? You know, it has like a gorgeous porch. The porch is spans the entire length of the front of the house, so it's probably 35, 40 feet by about twenty feet. It's, like a, it's not a wraparound porch. It's not a wraparound, it's no. only on the front of the house. It's it's absolutely massive. There's a complete overhang on the top of it. You know, it's nice columns. So, you know, everyone, I mean, because the house isn't that nice, everyone who comes over right now is like, oh, man, this is the best porch. But, you know, I like to cook, so I'm going to make the kitchen, like, you know, professional-grade appliances, butcher block countertops. Oh, wow. You know, hardwood floors in there. So, so you're going you're gonna to put some money into this house. Yeah, yeah, I am. I mean, you're definitely, that's why I asked, you're going to... You're not really planning to grow old in this house? You don't know yet? I mean, uh, you're going to put all that into it. Once it's all done, I, I might actually have some people come in and tell me what I can get for it. And if it's enough of a return, I might, you might just let it, it loose. Yeah, Yeah. really? Yep. Uh, I suppose that's an idea. I mean, you know, you do what's good for business, yeah. I suppose, at the but, end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I got it cheap, and I'm, you know, the, the actual supplies cost money, but I'm doing all the labor myself, so that's, you know. It's not, labor of love. Yeah, it's that's, not that's necessarily free. Yeah. You know, my time's worth something, but. Yeah. We'll see how much it's worth at the end. It's true. It's very good. You'd be surprised. It's like when you when you start most things, you find out it's like, well, my wage was effectively like a dollar twenty-seven yeah, an hour. Pretty much what it's gonna come out to be. <laughs> yeah, we are, we we know that feeling around here sometimes yeah, with some yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, so okay, you got the house. I'm I'm happy for you. I really am. I can't wait to go see it. Thank I haven't you. gone out there yet. Yeah, go out west. Out to West Jersey. Oh yeah. You know, see the tumbleweeds and everything. Yeah, you know, I it, we're pretty close to the Delaware. If you want to go uh, do some tubing. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Some kayaking, maybe. Some kayaking. I don't know if I got the invite. If you, yeah, well, you know, the house has to be finished Mm -hmm. first. I don't want you to think less of me for having a ramshackle house. I don't think less of you. It's very impressive that you're willing to take on the responsibility. I live in this luxury apartment where the light bulb goes out. I put in a work order. <laughs> I'm not gonna touch a damn thing if I don't have to. That's, you We're know, paying to be here. I'm not gonna have them. I'm not gonna buy my own twelve dollar halogen light bulb. I'm gonna have them do it. I think those are compact fluorescents, actually. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Whatever. I've become well acquainted with uh, every aisle of Home Depot in mm. the past two weeks. Oh, yeah. Uh, not me, not so much yet. No. Little, you know, little odds and ends. Yeah. I'm the type of guy that tries to uh, nail together a coffee table using DVD cases as a clamp. <laughs> 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 as clamps and levels mm. and whatever I got lying around to, like, brace it in place. Mm. So, yeah, I'm not quite there yet. But mm. we're, uh, we're, we're getting there in due time. I was going to give you a quiz tonight about... Uh, you know, various construction things and just, you know, basics of, of house construction. But I think maybe give me, we'll no, refrain. No, give me the quiz. I think that I, I, I like, uh, I think people are often surprised how well I actually am. Like, I'll joke about it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. 
but I can I can do basic things like I can you know a car maintenance is a good example a lot of people think I can't whenever something goes wrong on my car and I like fix it people are like oh my god I didn't know you knew how to do that yeah like, that's that's the expression I would have if you told me you fixed something well car. I changed the tire in your uh, parking lot one time you helped definitely. I did help yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, we changed the tire yeah. it was fine and we got complimented on the uh, nice star pattern uh, 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 bolt tightening that we did mm-hmm so that's one thing. I've jumped cars before. Okay. I've, uh, you know, I've done fix-a-flats. I've uh, done uh, the ABCs of car maintenance. And people are always surprised. Like, why would I know how to do that? But th- my question is, why wouldn't I know how to well, do that? Well, I mean, that's funny you say. I'm not trying to detract from your, uh, you know, your, your accomplishments. You're a real grease monkey. No, but, I'm not uh, a grease monkey, but I know the ABCs. <laughs> but I'm, sa- I'm saying, like, like, all those things that, that you said to me are just, like, Everyone who has a license should know how to do those things. Those are very basic things about operating a vehicle. But like, they don't know how to which do Which is, it. it's sad, really. I mean, it, it is, but it's just... And I just have to do a little PSA. It. You mentioned fix-a-flat. People, if you get a flat tire, only use fix-a-flat as an absolute last resort. Once it that's only in gets your, you, like, the 20 miles it does. to the... Yeah, but yeah. One, once I don't the, live on my fix-a-flat. No, 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 no. But once that's in the tire, you can never patch the inside of the tire. Right. So right. it ruins the tire, effectively. Right. I think I used it once, and it was after I had had it... The same tire plugged twice mm-hmm. already. Like that tire was in, on its last in, leg. In that in that case, it's fine. It's acceptable. But if yeah. it's a brand new tire and you just got a little tiny nail in it, don't throw a fix flat in there. Change it and take it to a, you know, certified tire shop and have them patch it. Yep, and it'll be fine for a while. Uh, yeah, no, I have only done it like on the last resort, and it was after I already had like two plugs in it from nails, so it was already on its like last leg. So I was gonna have to replace the tire eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, give me the quiz. I want to take the quiz. All right. All right, let's see here. Let's see here. Oh, you don't have it like pre-written. You're no, just think of shit no, 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 no. I, I had it, but I actually didn't bring it with me because I was like, oh, you know, I'm not even going to ask Mike a quiz. Like, I thought it'd be fun, but well, I can make some stuff up really quick. All right. Um. Inside a wall. Yes. The two by fours that are running vertically. What are those called? And this is this word you should know because you're you're one of them. A stud. You know it. You got it right. Thank yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Yay. Okay, you actually had me. You're, I had to think about it for a second because you described the two by four sitting vertically. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a right. stud. Okay. Um, the let's go with the commonly two by eights running horizontally in the floor. I want to say joints. You're very close. Joist. Joist. A floor joist. Joist. Okay. Yep. All right. So what about we'll the give me points a for effort on that? That's one. a good one. You were really like, close. I, yeah. You were really close. What about the uh, commonly plywood or MDF? Sheeting that sits on top of the joist. <laughs> the subfloor. All right, you got that one. You got that one. <laughs> All right, so I'm not doing too bad. No, you're pretty good here. You're pretty yeah. good at these. This is just general construction knowledge here. Because um, I lived I, in uh, when I lived in Jersey City, downtown or uh, uptown Jersey City, I mm. should say. When we were, I lived through the house while we were renovating it. Right. Yeah, I do remember that. Like that house, you saw some of that house, and it's like darkest hours. Like yeah. we didn't have any carpet down. We didn't have any like. Uh, plaster on the walls like we got all the windows redone the roof redone everything so like i fixed stuff up here mm-hmm. and there i did a little plaster work That's a little good. uh some well, spackling some spackling some sanding painting, nice. a little sanding okay. i like you know i did some stuff picked here up there. some skills yeah all right uh let's see here let's move on to uh electrical okay common household current voltage 120 volts close 110 oh 110 yeah real close I'll give you What's that What's 120? One. Something else must be 120. It c- it's 110 or 120. It's more common in houses to be 120 now. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. It's, okay. One, it's 110 and then your, you know, electric baseboard heaters, your electric dryers, hot water heaters, those are 220. 
Sorry, I was going to say bigger items are 220. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I did know that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's not too bad. You're pretty good here. I'm impressed. Thank you. I'm very impressed. Um, let's see here. You know, it's funny. One time when we did, we had electrical work done at, at that uh, at the place downtown Jersey City, and uh, my like my old uh, uh, apartment where my my cousins live now, we got uh, electrical work done in the bathroom. We got a new um, new uh, electrical lines running there for new uh, plugs. Basically, simple stuff. Sure, you need uh, you need your GFCIs in there, right? If you say so, I don't know that one. You don't know what GFCI is? No. The little plug with the little red and black buttons on them that have to be. Oh, see, I didn't. And know I think that. when I you're within, I, I don't know the exact distance. I want to say it's six feet or eight feet within a source of water, so a sink, a mm -hmm. tub, something like that. Um, it's a ground fault circuit interrupter. So if there's a short, it automatically kicks out, so you won't get electrocuted. Okay. If you want to throw a toaster in a tub, it's not going to kill you. It won't kill you if you have yeah. a GFCI. I mean, don't try it at home, kids. <laughs> right. I, I did not know that one, but that one's good. I, 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 I knew that intuitively, mm -hmm. I think. I probably would have like realized it, but I never knew the actual name for it. There you go. Now yeah. you do. But I was going to my little story was that we had that electrical work done, and somebody crossed a wire. So when you ran a, uh, a hair dryer in, in the, with that plug mm -hmm. that had a low, medium, and high setting on it, it caused a dimmer switch to the light ah. in the li in the hallway outside, <laughs> so we could control <laughs> the light outside as a dimmer switch using the uh, the uh, uh, hair dryer with the high, medium, low setting. For That's a while. very cool. That was very uh, entertaining. It was funny for like a, an hour, and then we're like, "Oh shit, this is not safe at all. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get somebody back here." But uh, yeah, so that was my electrical uh, work. I didn't do that personally. I'm just saying that's something I know. Okay, that would actually be impressive. I, I can't even think of how you would go about accomplishing that. There was like the electric the the electrical work and then the uh, the plumbing. Everything in that house was just like a total mess mm -hmm. because it had been uh, renovated so many different times over the last like 65, 70 years. Yeah, it was an and old house, wasn't it? It was a very old house and um, different codes at different times, different like levels of craftsmanship, different mm -hmm. ideas at the time. Just led to a lot of like in the innards of the house was just a lot of like just half-finished stuff. Yeah, yeah so. that, that happens. I, I'm finding my, my house is 100 years old. It will be in 2016. Okay. And uh, a, a lot of it seems to have been done by like a, a, a weekend craftsman. I'll, I'll be nice and call him that. Um, From so what are you? A weekday craftsman. Okay. So I'm working after, working after hours at week, weeknights. Okay. All right. So, you know, I'm one step above that, I like to think. All right, fair enough. So, um, you know, a couple problems, you know, upstairs, I had these beautiful wide plank hardwood floors throughout, mm -hmm. and they were, uh, they were a little spongy in sections. And I, you know, I'm not a heavy guy, I'm tall, but I'm not fat, you know, I'm buck 70, buck 75. Really? That's all you are? I would have put you at like a buck 80 and really? buck, eight, a buck mm -hmm. 90, maybe. No, no, I try to keep it lean. Mm. You are very lean then, for your height, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I'm, I'm walking around, and there's a couple of spongy spots, and I'm saying, you know, that, that, that's not right. So, uh, you know, I pop up a couple boards, and it turns out there's, uh, there's no subfloor. No subfloor. It's just hardwood floor laying right across those joists. I'm glad we covered what these things mean for our listeners already. Yeah, we're bringing it back. Full yeah. circle. Beautiful. It's like, it's like we it's planned like, it. I was about to say that. <laughs> I okay. certainly didn't. Um, <laughs> anyway, so as it turns out, I have to rip up the entire floor and the whole second floor and lose my beautiful hardwood floors. Oh, uh, that sucks. That was okay. one of the big selling points for a house like that. It was, but I could just put different hardwood floors in. It's not the end of the world. Okay. Um, but, you know, I want everything done right. Whether I'm going to live there until I'm 80 or if I want to flip it, I still want it done correctly. And one of my pet right, peeves... Right, you're adding value. One of my pet peeves is squeaky floors. 
Okay. So I got to put in all new three quarter inch plywood floors, you know, glue it down, screw it down. So it's all tight and right. Mm -hmm. So as I was doing this, I uh, managed to step through the drywall and punched a hole in my guest bedroom ceiling Ooh. and bruised my leg up pretty good. That's a, now the, the, this the literal pitfalls of homeownership. <laughs> uh, you're, you're okay, though? I, I have a little bit of a limp, as, as you noticed, but yeah, yeah, beyond that, that, yeah. So when you, you put a hole right through, I guess, the ceiling uh, drywall? Yep, yep, the sheet So rock. that's all got to be replaced that, now, too? Yeah, so, you know, I was on the fence about replacing that, and that kind of just sealed the deal. It's getting replaced now. Yeah, yeah. Was there, like, anyone downstairs at the time? Was it, like, that sitcom moment where somebody were, like, the father who thinks he's good at, like, in home improvement but is really not, like, goes upstairs to fix something, and then the wife's sitting there, and all of a sudden, like, the leg comes through the ceiling? <laughs> <laughs> no, thankfully not. And uh, my father, who is actually very good at home improvement, was there with me, and about ten minutes prior to this happening, he joked and said, who do you think is going to be the first one to punch a hole through that floor or fall through? And, <laughs> did you, know, you put money on it? <laughs> no, we did not, thankfully. Oh. But, uh, you know, it was, you know, we had the floors open for two days prior, and, and there was no missteps on either of our part. And then, sure enough, he says something, and I guess it was in the back of my mind, and I was yeah. saying, all right, Jared, don't do this, and then what do I do? But of course. fall right through. Yeah, that, that's always what happens. Yeah. It just takes one person to say something, you and know, it's all jinxed. Yeah, it happens. The, the second time that I punched through was more embarrassing. You did it again? I did it twice, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I didn't know that part. <laughs> you learned my <laughs> lesson, but nope. Oh, man. Well, I mean, if it makes you feel any better, if I were there, I'd probably done it, too. Yeah, I don't know. You, I think you might be a little more sure-footed than me. Well, it's not that I'm more sure-footed. It's just that I actually probably would have moved as, like, willingly, you know? I would have been very, very afraid that I had been the one to do it. Mm -hmm. Somebody else. Like, if I do, it, I think that happens with a lot of things. Like, if I mess up my stuff, I have no one but myself to blame, so I don't really care. Right. But if you mess up somebody else's stuff, Absolutely you're, like, much more, like, upset about it, or you oh, feel yeah. more, yeah. Absolutely. That's, you know, that's the way I've always sort of felt. Well, it's because we're both considerate guys. Yeah, and uh, just, you don't, I and mean, we also don't want to look like idiots. Yes. That's the big thing, Absolutely. too. Absolutely. It's like the number of things that I've done that are stupid, but I'm the only one in the room. It's okay. It's totally fine. No one will ever know. I'll take those things to my grave with me. But, you know, it's, since I, like, you know, moved in with people, they get to see, like, the kind of the weirdo that you actually are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and people can just make those laundry list of things that they find out about you. Yeah, we'll have to get Katie on here soon no, she can probably list all the different list. things that she thinks are weird about me uh but we'll save that for another podcast we'll do a special episode yeah <laughs> it'll, be like a, it'll be like an intervention i'll bring my list too <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right so you got anything else for us for the, the just jared uh, that was it. I, think, I think I'm, I'm thinking i'm running long here 20 it, minutes almost you know what we we don't have any sort of time limits on mm -hmm. these things we just go until we have nothing else to say <laughs> well we've reached that point okay yes all right, so we're moving on to the Mostly Michael. We are. So what's new with you? All right, well, I actually, I've been pretty routine the last the last couple of weeks, i got to say. It's mm -hmm. been a lot of work, just a lot of, you know. The new job. It's not so new anymore. It's just Settling like kind of what I do. It's it, I, I do it because it pays the bills, and that's what it is. It's not so bad. Uh, I've, uh, yeah, it's a lot of routine lately for me. It's like, you know, wake up, uh, I go to work, I come home, I watch some TV, Dinner, dishes, walk the dog, go to sleep, repeat, you know? Mm -hmm. What's your must-watch TV for after work? 
Uh, well, we're big on uh, Jeopardy, and mm -hmm. uh, we've kind of drifted into Wheel of Fortune lately. Really? Yeah, I thought you were a little bit too people. highfalutin for Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, well, I used to. Uh, I used view it as like a game for the masses. Yeah, I was yes, very like, I, know. <laughs> I was very condescending, condescending, pretentious asshole. <laughs> I was very much so, and I still kind of am. I still only like half watch it, but we've definitely been starting to watch. You know it. what I? You know what it is? It's because it's like late summer, and there's not a lot of like reruns. Even the reruns are like old reruns yeah. right now. See, but I could watch Seinfeld reruns till the cows come home. That's like good white noise for me. I think a lot of it is just because we have we're just too lazy to change the channel. So like what starts as like three minutes turns into like eighteen minutes, turns into like we're watching the whole thing in the background while we're doing other things. Yeah, I, I actually find Jeopardy easier. I, I'm better at Jeopardy than I am at Wheel of Fortune. I like Jeopardy more and I think I'm better at it too. Yeah, but yeah. the one thing that I, I have a game when I'm uh, hanging out with Anna when okay. it, it rolls into uh, Wheel of Fortune and I do it with Jeopardy too, is any female contestant we have a game where Anna will say yes or no whether I would, you know, consider having sex with that woman. Okay. It's pretty horrible. I gotta say, yeah. I think I think everyone would be impressed by the number of people you'd say yes to. Yeah. Because the general was the general like I think the average like on a scale of one to ten, the average attractiveness of a Jeopardy woman is probably like on a like three to four. Yeah, it's definitely higher for wheel. Well, on my wheel, it's probably more like a five or six. Still higher. On average. It's higher, but yeah. it's not like hot, right? Yeah. Sometimes I surprise myself with the yeses. <laughs> really? Yeah. Because like on Jeopardy, they deliberately dress very conservatively, too. They're not wearing like their, their little black dresses out of no, 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 Jeopardy. No, no. But you know, it's like, well, you know, I, I was going to say no, but now she has half a car. <laughs> right. You never know. You know, that, uh, that trip to Hawaii is looking pretty good right yeah. now. Uh, so yeah, that's a uh, so we've been we've been getting a little bit into Wheel of Fortune, but you know we're still mainly Jeopardy people in mm -hmm. this house. We definitely watch that. It's been uh, the Celebrity Jeopardies and the uh, the Kids Week and all the reruns and all you know. The I'm not a fan summer. of those. Yeah, I like the classic, really... plain old Jeopardy. We've been watching. Uh, what I one of the things I, I I didn't mean to talk about this mostly Michael, but I don't mind talking about it because we are this is something that we've been we've been discussing. I. I I'm always amazed at the people who are good on Celebrity Jeopardy versus the people who are bad. Like, you think that celebrity would be really bad and they're good? Like, that kind of thing? That's, yeah, exactly right. Mm -hmm. you, some of them who you think are just morons are actually extremely intelligent. The people you would assume are quite smart are actually idiots. Hmm. So, like, uh, a good example is, uh, hasn't been on recently, but Cheech Marin. Cheech Marin was on, like, a two, three years mm. back for Celebrity Jeopardy. He killed everybody wow and he was against i think he was against like anderson cooper huh like yeah, you'd think, think yeah that he as a uh, news journalist would be good and he mm -hmm. was terrible and she's just you know stoner poster boy who would be just like awful but he killed it mm -hmm. it was ridiculous and uh, i think it, he has an economics degree he may i have no yeah. idea but th i'm always surprised by that sort of uh i don't know what you want to say that just the 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 intelligence mm -hmm. of some of the people who go on Celebrity Jeopardy both ways, both mm -hmm. big and and uh, and less so. Mm -hmm. you know. yeah, I'm surprised by the kids on Kids Week. The kids are really smart, They're too. Sharp, they yeah. must train. I th they must, I'm, like, I'm assuming so, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I, I think they have, like, really overbearing parents who, like, you know, have the flashcards and are just, like, drilling into them. I think that's definitely part of it. But another thing about it is that Jeopardy, in theory, if you graduated high school, you should be able to do very well in Jeopardy, in mm -hmm. theory. Because if you like, it's all it's all like basic English lit and just current events and geography mm -hmm. things you should general uh, knowledge general questions. knowledge yep. questions right yep. so so I found that like people who are actually in school and teachers in particular generally have an edge yeah because like I go to work eight hours a day 
they're not teaching you, they're not asking you questions about, you know, SQL developer database management in Jeopardy. Right. But they are asking you, but if you're an English teacher for juniors in high school, they might ask you about the scarlet letter. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> like you have a distinct edge yeah. then yeah. if you're dealing with it. If yeah. every nine months yeah. you're going like, to... Yeah, you're not yeah. getting emails about the taming of the shrew every right. other day. Right, no, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> so you definitely have a distinct advantage there. Uh, so like I actually remember being in high school, and I was probably better at Jeopardy then because mm -hmm. I was in the midst of taking, like I had to study for this test on like, you know, uh, Civil War history and on, you know, the Shakespeare, this, that, and the other thing, you mm -hmm. know. So th I think I was actually probably better at it then. I'd believe that. Yeah. So we, one of the things, which I'm actually going to, like, state it right here and now. We've been talking about it. 2017, I'm planning to study to take the test to get on Jeopardy. Okay. 2017. You know, gonna, you like need my to New Year's resolution of being in 2017 is going to be to like start to train to to, to get on to Jeopardy. It's I want to try to like go on the show. Important to have long-term goals. <laughs> right, yeah. Very long-term. That's right. good. But I think that's going to be my big uh, my big thing. You know, you're on the hook for the airfare to get out to California for that. I could get out to California. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just mean, saying. I'm just right, right. Yeah. I mean, it'll be like a vacation. You know, mm -hmm. like even if I come in third. First of all, it's an accomplishment just to get on the damn it show. It is. I, it's a it's really hard, hard test. test. Yeah. But even if I come in third and I get my $1,000 consolation prize, that'll pay for the flight. Have you whatever. taken the practice test on the website? Uh, I have not yet. Okay. But yeah, I, I'm going to, like, I'm planning to do it in 2017. Like, when we, after, after my, we get married, I'm getting married in September of 2016. Mm -hmm. So once we, we're going to get, we're going to be busy with all the wedding stuff and all other people's wedding stuff and all that mm -hmm. stuff over the next year or two. We're going to go on the honeymoon. We're going to move, probably. We're going to do all this stuff. So then 2017, that's when we settle in and we're done. That's my plan. That's my New Year's resolution. We're gonna, I'm going to study for Jeopardy. Cool. Yeah. So I think that's going to be my big thing. I look forward to watching that. I look forward to uh, kicking ass. Yeah. Taking names. So. Um, Trebek is always just so smug, isn't he? Oh, it's smug. He's bastard. such a jerk. He's a Canadian bastard. Mm. Uh, They're supposed I, to be polite. What? They're supposed to be polite. Yeah. Canadians. They are. I mean, he's polite, but it's kind of like it's <sighs> no, pretentious he's con politeness. He's condescending. Yeah. He really is. I think the problem with Trebek is... I don't want to say... I wouldn't call it a problem. Do you think he actually knows the answers to the questions? Or just cause he I has think a he has, or? like, the most likely wrong answers on his card and in notes about them. Because mm -hmm. he always says, well, you know, this is... Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. I think, like, like they, they give him, like, the... I let's say, for example... Um, example off the top of my head like let's say it was art and then the answer was picasso mm -hmm. but then somebody rang in and said monet you, you it would have been better if you said monet monet or monet, monet. Yeah, okay fine but you one. see yeah, that's a better a, example okay so let's say the answer was I'm sorry monet. it's mostly michael let's stick with picasso right, okay okay it's so let's say it's monet <laughs> and then they said monet mm -hmm. he'd probably be like oh it, it, oh no monet did this monet is the answer mm -hmm. like he probably has that written on there, yeah i know. would think so i don't think he knows all that I don't think he knows. Though uh, he's probably gotten much better over the years. You'd think that's his job. I mean, you'd think of because they recycle a lot He'd of. He'd probably make a good history teacher. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Except when you know when they do like the little get to know the contestant segment after the what is that the first commercial break right after that they come back. Mm -hmm. He's he, he's even condescending with that though. You know they're like, you know it's like. I won best pie at the Iowa State Fair, and he's like, well, wasn't that nice? So then he just moves <laughs> on. <laughs> We're that if there's one thing you that we're that I'm very condescending and like and like judgmental of, it's your story on Jeopardy. 
Yeah, whatever your thing is, yeah. it's extremely important. And like I've said more time and time again that the it would be a great job interview question. Like if you were to go on Jeopardy, what story would you right. like say about yourself? Which is I think is extremely a difficult question. Because some of them are like really awesome, and it's like wow, it's a good story. And other times it's like. My partner I, and I raised Italian greyhounds. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, <what>? Who cares? <laughs> like a, a, a good travel story is entertaining, or you know, maybe you have an eclectic hobby that's fine. You know which one is pretty popular? I've noticed what? elaborate proposal stories. So if you propose to your significant other in a very elaborate way, they frequently talk about that. Well, I, I've I've looked uh, in in my preliminary Jeopardy sort of trainings and whatnot. What they do is they make you bring, when you go and you're going on Jeopardy, you have to bring like four to five articles, four to five outfits. Right, in case you win. For in the case next you day. win, yeah. you're supposed to, because like they film like, even if you're a five day champion, you'll do that in the course of an afternoon. Right. So they br- you make you bring the outfits and they make you submit several different stories. Mm-hmm. And then they pick one that they want to tell. Mm. Because they want to like mix it up. Like they don't want three people to give proposal stories in a right. row. Right. So then be like, the first one gives a proposal story, second one tells an eclectic hobby, third one tells a travel story, whatever. Because they, like, mix and match. Makes sense. So they make you pick several different ones. Do you have a story picked out yet? That's what, I, whenever I bring up the fact that I'm judgmental of it, people always ask me what my stories Yeah, I want to know now. So I think the first one, one, so if I had to pick, like, three that were ready to go, mm-hmm. I'd probably tell about how I met Katie. Okay. The story about how... Uh, we went to high school together, but never spoke. And then years later, we met online in basically a blind date. And right. Like, oh, look at that. And now we're yeah. engaged. Right. That would be one. I would tell about how when I was a kid. I like the way you ended that one. Like, and now we're engaged. And now we're engaged. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Oh, all right. You just kind of yeah. rushed through that, but all right. Well, you know, got to be quick with those Jeopardy stories. Well, but like, and now we're engaged. You don't seem like. Huzzah. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Huzzah. We're engaged. <laughs> Story number two. Let's move on. (laughs) Number two would be about how when I was a kid, I actually did try out for the kids' version of Jeopardy. I did not know this. But it wasn't children. It wasn't kids' Jeopardy tournament. It was called Jeff, which was on the Game Show Network. Ah. And I uh, tried out for it. I was probably like nine. Mm -hmm. And we, my mom took me and whatever else, and we went to the to like uh, we went to like you know the East Brunswick Hilton or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. And then they had the, the, the big, line. And yeah, yeah, and then they had the big like uh, the big like auditorium or right. one of the big like would probably some the night before it was probably somebody's like prom, sure. you know, or something <laughs> like that. And they had a bunch of tables and chairs, and yeah. we all had to like take the questionnaire. And then they, they, if you did well enough, they'd ask you to come back. So right. I did not get chosen. Okay, so you did well enough on the academic part, but you're like your hair was deemed too curly or something. No, I didn't do well enough on the academic <laughs> part. Because it was from like the age of like 9 to 12. Oh, so, so you had I was a like disadvantage. On the young, yeah. I, on the young yeah. end. So I would talk about how this yeah. is like vindication now right. that I get to be on Real Jeopardy okay. after having That would be a good story. That would be a really, when I was a kid. really good story. I think that would be a decent one. And then the third one would probably be something like, uh, professional, like how I used to clerk on the floor of the uh, mercantile exchange mm-hmm. where all the pizza traders yell and scream and do right. all that stuff. That's probably be like one of the third stories to put down because that doesn't exist anymore. It's all computers. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, that you caught the tail end of that then. Huh? I caught, I'm like one of the youngest people probably in the country who is proficient in that skill. Oh, wow. That skill has no value. Uh, <laughs> like like that, that that helps me none in life it's like i'm about like that's like oh i can like you know uh, uh put a musket together for a civil war reenactment mm-hmm. like that's about as useful as that skill goes but yes i was a uh a, a, a 
clerk on the floor where uh, on the mercantile exchange where the traders would yell and scream, and I'm like proficient in that shouting stuff. Yeah, well, shouting orders and stuff like that. Uh, and I did it before the computers took over. Wow. So that would probably be like the third before thing Skynet. Before Skynet, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would probably be my third one. Yeah, that would probably be the thing. So we, we, we'd be up to, it'd be up to Alex Trebek and uh, the you producers know, to figure whoever out. Merv Griffin's uh, protege now producer is mm-hmm. that runs the joint. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, all right, so I didn't expect that to be the Mostly Michael, but I think that was a solid Mostly Michael. I liked it. I all enjoyed right. it. I learned some stuff. So do you want to uh, you want to move on to the F? Let's do We're it. Gonna, all right, so I think we got a good one tonight. Okay, so Fundamentally Film. NTV. Well, this is your idea tonight, your idea for the topic. Why don't you, uh, why don't you lay it on us? Well, I was, uh, you know, FXX shows every Simpsons episode ever, like mm-hmm. five or six nights a week, so. Well, it's not Wednesdays or Saturdays. Yes, you're right about You've that. Seen the commercial? I have, and then I'm always very upset on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Yep, we we I try to catch it whenever I can. I yeah. watch like random episodes. Yeah, because yep. so I thought, you know what? Like, both of us are big Simpsons fans. Mm-hmm. You probably a little more so than me. Okay, fair enough. But I thought, you know, maybe we could talk about not so much like a list because I know lists aren't that popular with our our listeners, but um, like. What makes a good Simpsons episode? What like things that they constantly do? Do we like what things that they don't like? I got you. Um, so like, what? Why? Why are some Simpsons episodes classics? Right, and, and like others are forgetful. Excellent. And like, what are the what are the big things that go into it, like a Simpsons episode to make it so memorable? Well, so first, I'm gonna say, mm-hmm. and this is a, I think a fundamental disagreement you and I have. Okay, and you know this already, but. Season 10 and earlier, I think all of them are very memorable episodes. Between 10 and 15, it gets a little spotty. And past 15, I genuinely, if it's 15 or newer, I don't watch them. I find them literally unwatchable. Okay. I think it became okay. like so a Family Guy ripoff. That. Yeah, let's talk about that all right. for a minute. So, no, I I have... We Did grew up in the 90s. Yes. So And this was pre-Family Guy. Yes. South Park only premiered in like 97, 97 yep. or so. So, so we, we for grew a up while, it was The Simpsons was the gold standard. It was, and it was, you know, Fox 5, every night at 7 and 7.30, they showed a Simpsons rerun. And it right. was obviously the first 10 seasons, because those were the only ones that existed at the time. Right. So, I, in preparation for this discussion, went and looked up some of, like, lists of top 25, top 100, top whatever episodes of Simpsons. And how many of them were in the first 10 seasons? I, what, what was... Okay, we'll say the 90s was the first 10 seasons. Because it premiered it's in like 89. 89. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's fine. Probably, sure as shit, 75% of them were from the 90s. Yep. So, you can't see those types of lists and argue that it was just nostalgia. Like, oh, I was a 90s kid, so I like the 90s Simpsons right. episodes. No, yes. no, like, there seems to be a, a real, like, sense that the golden age of Simpsons and the top writers of the Simpsons were definitely around in the 90s. Absolutely. But that makes sense, because the only other competition, I would argue, was Saturday Night Live at the time. Okay. It's not like these days... You're, 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 you're not saying the critic was worthy competition. He had to premiere on the Simpsons <laughs> yes, to get yes. any love. And, you know, Matt Groening was actually very anti that, because he didn't want people to think it was, like, a tie-in or related in any way, shape, or form. I didn't know that, yes. but I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. Uh, he, his name is actually not on the credits of that episode. John Lovitz or Matt Groening? Matt Groening. Really? Yep. That's interesting. Yes. It doesn't have a created by Matt Groening on it? I, uh, that might be on there, but in any other way, it's not on there. Hmm. Like, normally it was written by or, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know yeah. that. Good factoid. It is. That's a factoid. I would argue that at the time, 
all of the top writers could only go to the Simpsons. Because by like 98, 99, 2000, you start to have some dilution in the talent pool. Right? You start to have Family Guy, you start to have Futurama, you start to have South Park, you start to have Adult Well, if Swim. there was any... The internet's kicking off and some people are starting to do web comics. Okay, I was like saying, that. well, if there is any true Simpsons spinoff, it would be Futurama. I wouldn't call it a spinoff, not by a long shot. But it was created by some of the same voice actors, some of the same writers went over to Futurama. It has a very similar yeah. comedic style to it. I mean, it has, a, it has a visual style to also, yes. definitely. But I wouldn't say that it is a... No, it's not a spin-off, that's for sure. It's not sure. a spin-off, yeah. no. So, I will, I will agree with you... It's not the Simpsons you. Variety Hour. No, no. <laughs> Remember the spin-off episode they did? That was yeah, a good yeah, one. And then they were like in like... They the, had like the a Magnum P.I., Principal Skinner, Chief Wiggum one. That was a good one. That was one, a really yeah, good yeah. one, yeah. And they do like the 70s like Variety Hour. That's what it was, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so I will totally agree with you that in an absolute sense, not like a nostalgia sense, the best episodes are in the 90s, but what makes those episodes better? You know, I thought about this. I really, really thought about this. Okay. And I, I have one one thing that in 90% of the instances ties all of what I, in my mind, think are good episodes together. Mm-hmm. Musical numbers. Really? Yes. Okay. Marge versus the monorail. There's that great musical number about monorail with Lyle Langley. Uh, the monorail episode that's on mo- the, that's is always the a number top one. Five it episode. is. It's one of my favorite too. Personally, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Every list is a top five. Yes. It's often number one. I mean, I was googling around, looking yeah. at random like Time Magazine, IBN, uh, ran- like Playboy, random lists all over the place. Mm-hmm. The monorail episode constantly makes top five. Written by Conan O'Brien. Written by Conan O'Brien. Yeah. That's correct. So like, let's dive into that episode for a mm-hmm. Do you think it's the musical number that makes it <sighs> what it is? That's not the only thing, but all of the episodes that I think of as like, oh, yeah, I love that episode. It's a really funny episode. It has a musical number in it. The episode well, with the, uh, the burlesque house, musical number. Okay. The Twin Tower episode, there's a musical number on, on Broadway. Okay. Um, check, he's checking in. He's checking. Yeah. yeah th- when, uh, okay, I will give you Dr. Zayas. Yeah. Yes, there you go. Troy McClure makes his comeback. Yes. As do- he's, he's was that the comeback? That was the episode where he was dating or married Patty or Selma, right? Was he married Patty Pat- or Selma yeah. to, 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 to work stage on the his, comeback. To stage right. his comeback. He's like, well, all the parts are going to married men. Right, because yeah. he had this weird sexual thing he with fish, the, apparently. Right, yeah. <laughs> yes. He got the Broadway. You know what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We just cracked something. It, it isn't. Musical numbers, it's episodes where Phil Hartman was in them. Well, Phil Hartman was definitely a, a key crucial pioneer part, yeah. of some of the Simpsons characters. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yes. Uh, everyone, I suppose, for those who don't know, Phil Hartman is uh, no longer with us yes. because of a tragic accident. It wasn't an accident. accident. It wasn't an accident. <laughs> <laughs> he, was murdered. he was murdered. He was murdered. Tragic <laughs> incident. I don't I think anyone's ever called a murder suicide a tragic accident. <laughs> Not an accident, an incident, yes. I was going to say. Thank you very much, Andy Dick. Andy Dick did kill Phil Hartman. <laughs> no, but his wife was, you know, a recovering drug addict, and apparently Andy Dick got her back. Is it on uh, the wagon or off the wagon? Either way. If you're off the wagon, you were, you you stopped, you, you did the bad. Off the wagon is bad. So she was back on the wagon, thanks to Andy Dick, then. No, she was off the wagon. Anyway, where, if you assume sober is good, then being not sober is well. <laughs> depends on the situation. Yeah, it depends on what I'm doing that day. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so Phil Hartman equals good. Yes. Okay. Musical that's, numbers that's are good, one. but I would, I would define a good Simpsons episode by the 
dry wit that is so pointed it can't help but be memorable often that dry wit is a lyric in the musical you know what i'm saying yes but i think it's the i think it's the piercing dry wit that comes with the episode mm-hmm. either in a specific scene or the the broader like kind of like parody that they're going for that you makes it a good episode you know what i did notice and this maybe completely off tangent off topic but especially in the older episodes they were a little more sentimental sentimental how like there was you know a just a sentimental sense of like the the episode where Bart ruins Thanksgiving by destroying Lisa's centerpiece at the end of it he realizes what he did was wrong and then like you know the reason it was wrong is because he hurt his little sister like I feel like in the newer episodes they they, they don't have that they just try to be like you know they, the new Simpsons family go to guy. Australia and the Simpsons right. yes. go to you know what that's I think, I think the, you, the, 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 the point where it became like there were destination episodes that's where it, became, it started declining I mean after after you know 300 episodes 300, yeah what else can you episodes, do you're right you got you really like just grasping at mm-hmm. straws you've you've parodied every uh, every Shakespeare play you've parodied every classic movie you've parodied every thing mm-hmm. that you can think of you're really just now like poking at like pop culture yeah that's at true. a certain point I think that's really what it is I would say that the best Simpsons episodes just are things that come out of left field mm-hmm. in terms of the wow, I never really thought about that before, but it's spot-on accurate. Like, mm-hmm. it pierces through the bullshit and makes a comment about something that's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. So, like, why is the episode, when you mentioned The Critic, why is the... Why does everyone know the line of Barney at the end of it where he says, don't cry for me, I'm already dead? Mm-hmm. Like, why is that a memorable line in The Simpsons? Am I supposed to know this? Well, like, what do you... Th- it's not... There's no right or right answer, but I'm saying, like, you know that line. Like, if I, like, said to you, like, oh, it's like, the, when I was, don't cry for me, I'm already dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'd know what it's yeah, from. It's you know it's from Barney and The Simpsons. Yeah. But, like, why do you know that? I guess because there's this... I'm going to use a, a, a $10 word, but, like, the juxtaposition of the character of Barney Gumble. You think he's this drunk, but he makes this beautiful art piece... Right. That's funny. It's it's funny, yeah. but it's also like it's like memorable mm-hmm. in a sense that you you are moved. You you knew something as one thing, and you've been like now shown it in a different way. Mm-hmm. It's like that dry. It's not that's not exactly an example of dry wit, mm-hmm. but it definitely like makes you think about yeah. something different. Okay. See, what I like about, especially the early ones, are just like the super, super classic one-liners that I have. Like, you know, you'll have to speak up. I'm only wearing a towel. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> the one, yeah, but that's like, that's my yeah. understanding, like the yeah. dry way. Yes, I think it's easier to remember the, 
I think you remember the line that hangs in the episode mm-hmm. rather than all the real episodes. Like, like everyone remembers, it's like I'm wearing nothing at all. Yeah, nothing, nothing at, at all, all, right? Nothing at all. And he goes, yeah. stupid, sexy Flanders. Yeah. Like, why is that funny? I, it just, just is. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell me yeah. what the other 80% yeah. of the episode's about? That one I can, actually, yes. Oh, yeah? yeah. But, but anyway, I actually have yeah. a hard time remembering okay. a lot of the other yeah. episodes. My, 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 actually, my favorite line comes from one of my favorite episodes, which happens to be Marge versus the Monorail. It's when um, she's traveling back from, I think it was Ogdenville with that scientist, mm-hmm. and they get out of the car and the monorail starting, and Marge says, oh no, we're too late, and then the scientist says, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have stopped for that haircut. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just like so brilliant. <laughs> there are lines that just transcend. I, th- I really think it boils down to lines. I can't tell you how many times I drop a line in The Simpsons, especially to Katie, and sometimes, unfortunately, I have to like go back and like explain yeah. what I just said. Yeah. But then, like, there'll be like one guy who gets yeah. it and like chuckles, like yeah. in a Starbucks or mm-hmm. somewhere. Like, uh, one day, we like to go out for walks or something. Mm-hmm. So, like, we'll be like walking, and then something will be happening across the street or down the, or down the street. And I'd be like, and she'd be like, "Oh, look! It looks like there's like a like a, like a little uh, uh, event or a farmers market or something." Mm-hmm. Like, huh. Too bad it's not on our walking route. We'll have to, <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to read about it in tomorrow's paper. Like that's an episode of The Simpsons where they uh, they go they see uh, the carnival mm-hmm. and after and that's like that's the line. <laughs> and I'll say that. And um, I got her I got her just the other day when uh, we were talking about baby names. Mm-hmm. So uh, I said Bort. <laughs> I said we should name our We're kid. out of Bort license plates. <laughs> so this is she goes I go, what if we name our kid Bort? She says, What kind of name is Bort? And I respond, this is true. I respond, what are you talking about? They're always out of them in license plates. <laughs> They're always out of the license plates at the souvenir shops. Bort's a very popular name. And she stares at me like I'm nuts, and then I have to go back and explain it. But the line like stands the test of time because it's just so no. like just carves a new niche in your thought process you know though, i think it it stands the test of time it stands out if you're a simpsons fan if you're not it's like what the fuck are you talking about it's like well like in that one Simpsons episode where they go itchy and scratchy land you know there were board license plates like it's probably yeah. not as good no one ruins our vacation except me yeah. and maybe the boy <laughs> <laughs> another like excellent episode is itchy and scratchy land that I is have a good to one say that's definitely uh top 10 yeah i would Another excellent example that you can quote and you just it's it's I think it boils down to how do you find your tribe? You're really looking for people who just get the Simpsons line. That's important. Because like I, I definitely like me and my brother, we're, we're not like we, we don't live uh, near each other right now. So we're not like driving places together that often. But sure as shit, we drive somewhere together and we get out of the car. One of us is going to say, remember, we're parked in the itchy lot. <laughs> sure shit, you know where somebody's going to say that. And it's just what it is. Mm-hmm. You just now, know it. Now, if you had to pick, I know we don't want to do lists or top tens, but what's favorite episode? If you could pick one, what's your go-to episode? Um, I would probably have to say... It's, I would say it's tied between two and a half. I say, Who Shot Mr. Burns, part one and two. Okay. Is like that, you count that as one. I'm fine, I'm fine with that. One. Yeah, that's good. Because there's little things where, like, like Chief Wiggum has some great lines in that one. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, they're going to pull an all-nighter here. Well, I'm just drink, drink some this warm, warm milk. cream. <laughs> <laughs> and he passes out. Yeah, that's a good one. And then I also would have to say the... 
I mean, the monorail is a great one. Yeah, monorail is good. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I it's 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 tough to pick a full episode. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite. I like a lot of great scenes, in great in episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the one where I, I like an old one where Apu comes and moves in with the Simpsons. Yes. And he sings. That's a good musical line. Yeah, that one. yeah who yeah, needs the like, quickie mart? Who needs the quickie mart? Yeah. And it's, it's like I'll throw a bricky mart. I'll throw a bricky mart. Yeah, that's yeah. a classic one. I would have to go with that one as one of my top okay. favorites. Yeah, that's a very good one. Yeah, yeah. good good choice. Yeah. yeah, for me, hands down. And you know, it does change over time, but over the past fifteen years, it always comes back to the lemon tree episode. The lemon tree is a, a fantastic. Shake episode. harder, boy. Shake harder, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that is that's another fantastic like I'll say shake harder boy. Yeah. And you either get it or you yeah, don't. It's yeah. like you're either on board with that or you're not. Look, somebody's attractive cousin. <laughs> Wait, I thought we started this so we could marry our first cousins. Yeah. <laughs> if we're not gonna be able to marry our first cousins, I don't want any part of this. Yeah. Like that is a, another just fantastic scene, right. fantastic concept. Mm-hmm. So what makes a great Simpsons episode? Musical numbers are important, I think. Musical numbers are important. Did Who Shot Mr. Burns? I think that had a musical number. It it did. It did. It had a musical number at one point. When they were investigating uh, Lisa's new jazz teacher, Tito Puente, and they went to investigate him, he had, like, the the, the salsa or mambo band. They did a, a, like... They did, like, a quick little thing. Little number. That counts. That counts. That counts. Lemon Tree did not have a musical number, if I recall correctly. Lemon Tree did not, to no. my knowledge. No. Still, it's a good episode. You know what else is good? And and not all good episodes have it, but a lot of them do. A good B plot. So, you know, there's like the main plot revolving around one or two characters, and there's right. also typically a subplot. Right. Yes, uh, I think that makes it a robust episode. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it a key. I also like when I like when the A and B plots start, diverge, and then come, come back, back. And together, and they like intersect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, occasionally they do that very deliberately. Like, they're like, okay, well, we're going to follow each character, mm-hmm. and then we're going to, like, see them intertwine, and, like, something that Marge does unknowingly affects, like, Lisa's episode. Well, they they addressed that. There was that one episode where they actually did Homer's Day, Bart's Day, Marge's Day, yeah. Lisa's Day, where Homer got his, was his thumb cut off. No. It was a finger. It was, it was, yeah, it was, and it yeah. was so. Then, like, it was Marge running to the to the to drop it yeah, off. Yeah, Lisa made the grammar robot linguo. Linguo, that was yeah. a linguo episode. Linguo, yeah. and Homer said linguo dead, and it was linguo is, is dead. dead. He and dies. Like and like the 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 head blows up because yeah. all the gangsters are there and they're doing all the slang, like mm-hmm. the Italian slang. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a newer episode. That was probably that was probably like episode uh, season, season twelve. Yeah, that was it was it's old. It was into the two thousands yeah. though. So, so what like what makes that a great episode though? Why do we remember that episode? I honestly wouldn't even rank that one in my top ten. I, I just remember the lingo, lingo in that one. It's just, it's just, it's just that je ne sais quoi, I guess. At mm-hmm. some point, yeah, I yeah. don't know. Good word, or phrase. Thank you. Uh, do you want to leave it at that? We, oui, Michelle. <laughs> oh, thank you. Merci. <laughs> Learn a whole lot on this podcast. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right, so we're going to move on to the X Factor. We're going to finish it up for the night. All right. We are going to be talking about something which a little bit different. We often talk about manly things in the X Factor. That's in, sort of an underlying theme, but yeah. I don't know if you can call this a manly thing. It's it's in a way. It's a manly vocation. It it's used to be. It certainly used to be. I, I Yes, I agree with you on that. We're going to talk about salesmen. Little little Glengarry Glen Ross. Little Glengarry Glen Ross. ABC. Yes. 
We're talking about salesmen and the, the the things that make salesmen good, bad, why salesmen exist, the whole the whole shebang. We're mm. talking about sales and salesmen. Mm. Which I think I think it's fair to say that salesmen are are mainly a men's profession. Mm-hmm. In the in the sense that it depends what you're selling. Well, that's the p- stripper or salespeople. Stripper or sales, like I think it depends what you're selling. So let's get it right out of the way. I am not a salesman. Mm-hmm. I don't think of myself as a salesman. Okay. Like when I think when you think salesman, you're thinking like sometimes you think like sleazy car salesman. You think used car a lot, exactly. Used car salesman, or you're thinking like the guy that like door to door vacuum cleaners, door to door vacuum cleaner, encyclopedia salesman, or something like that. Gil. Gil. <laughs> Gil from the sales. Yes. Well, Gil would be the he'd be the bad salesman. <laughs> so he's like a down on his luck salesman. <laughs> down on luck salesman. Yeah. But uh, I've been living in there. <laughs> oh, my hot plate <laughs> and two favorites. Come left. on, old Gil, you got this one. You got this one in the bag. <laughs> Uh, so that one, yeah, he's an old, he's a bad salesman. When you think salesman, though, you definitely you think like the guy who slaps you on the back. He's always your buddy. He's always wants to buy you drinks. He's always got something to say. He's always got a line in his pocket. He's always just like a happy-go-lucky mm-hmm. guy. He's always like, oh, how's your kids? How's your? He's a he's he doesn't a, give a shit about your kids. No, he doesn't give a shit about your kids. So like, we're gonna talk about salesmen a little bit. Did you know that next to prostitution, salesmanship is the second oldest profession? Totally believe that. I just made that up. Totally believe it. But though. you believed it either way. Uh huh. All right, that's good. So you run a business. Do I do. You, what? How do you? In your mind, mm-hmm. do you think of yourself? What do you, do you think of yourself as a salesman who runs a business or a engineer who has to make sales? How do you think of yourself? I think of myself as a small business owner who woefully tries to make sales. Okay. I admittedly am better at the mechanical end of it, the production mm-hmm. end, the estimating portion of it. I mean, I do go put on a suit and go door to door every now and again, but do you really? I do, but admittedly I'm not very good at it. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Like I'm not a salesman. Mm-hmm. I don't pretend to be. I have learned over time begrudgingly how to sell myself for the bare minimum that I need to. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I don't have it. Na- it's not naturally in my character. Yeah, I find that it takes an extroverted type who just enjoys hearing about how other people are doing, or it can can just basically put up with people. Absolutely, and that ain't me. Yeah, I genuinely don't give a shit about other people. Yeah, like so that, I have a hard yeah. time just like just just having my gaze stare towards another person for an extended period of time. Yes, I I don't have it in me, but it's definitely something that you need in life if you're that kind of person it helps yeah well i think that most people need to be able to sell themselves at the very least i would say more people are bad at selling themselves or selling things in general than there are good i think a good salesman is a very rare thing i agree with you that the difference between a good salesman and a bad salesman is monumental and i also agree with you that most people are bad at it Mm -hmm. but i think that being good at it is a very important thing to know how to do oh it's absolutely yes so like when you when you like if you're trying to sell something, how are like how are you doing it? In my particular line of work or in, in your general? Particular line of, in general, like what do you what are some of the attributes that like because like I think most people can like smell out like a sleazy salesman. Okay, so in my mind, and and I've dealt with salesmen in all different capacities, whether it be vendors for my business, car salesmen, you know, door to door salesmen, people mm-hmm. selling, you know. Retirement packages, financial right, planners, you know. Crazy stuff. So there's there's two kinds. There's the person who 
loves what they do, knows the product, and has to go sell the product. And there's people who know shit about the product and are good salespeople. Okay. I agree. Yeah. Totally agree. So I myself happen to be the, I'm a crappy salesman, but I know my business and I know my products very well. So okay. I'm very bad at getting my foot in the door. But once I'm in the door, I typically close the sale because I could, you know, explain that I know the process, I know the product, I'm going to service the client very well, right. and they have a you know, warm and fuzzy feeling. Okay. You know, sometimes I wish I was the kind of guy who could, you know, the receptionist turns you away, you go around to the back door and sneak your way in the back, and you get to the person you need to be, but that's just not me. Yes, I agree. I think that it takes a certain type of personality to be able to do that, and a lot of people don't have it. Mm-hmm. People who do can be, uh, some of them are all flash and no substance. Yep. The rare diamond in the rough is the one who has both flash yeah, and substance. The balance between 100% the two. Hundred percent agree with you. Mm-hmm. In my experience, I have seen, I've seen all manner of salesmen. It always bugs me. So the way I've seen salesmen most is through financial products. Because mm-hmm. I've I've been in finance for a while. I've seen financial planners. I've seen, uh, you know, insurance salesmen. The guys pushing the penny stocks. I've seen those types. Th- those are sleazy in my mind. Oh, 100%. Yeah. They are looking to make a buck. A lot of them. Now, don't get me wrong. They're also very good financial planners, financial people. Mm-hmm. There are people who are definitely trying to uh, do you right while making uh, a buck but yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of sleazy ones too uh my thing is similar to what you've said i've always thought of myself as someone who understands the the business first and would try to be a salesman second if at all whereas i've met other people who only know how to sell mm-hmm. i've met people who know how to sell who will sell anything they just figured out that maybe selling a financial product is the thing that can make the most money mm-hmm. if they thought a car could make the most money they'd be selling cars if they thought appliances could make the most money they'd be selling appliances if they thought you know women could make the most money they'd be selling women sure. to be perfectly honest uh, like i actually did that for a week i went really? and worked at what we'll call like a boiler room yeah yes i was looking for a job it was in 2011 mm-hmm. And I had my stockbroker's license at the time. Mm-hmm. I had passed the exam, and I had done it for previous work. Mm-hmm. So I was looking for a job, and I said, well, I'm going to give this a shot. So I went, and I went to a place where they didn't pay you salary. Commission you only. only. Do commission only, mm-hmm. which is extremely difficult to do, especially when you're young and you're starting out and you don't have any financial support. Like mm-hmm. You gotta like you have the gun to your head every week. So I went, and I, uh, I said, all right, I'll give it a shot. So what did I have to lose? Started on a Monday morning. I left. I quit. Like, I resigned Friday afternoon. <laughs> five days. Five days. I was there for two days, and then my parents were just like, just stick it out the week. Yeah. Stick it out the week. And I was like, all right, fine. It was rough. The way these things set up for you was you had no computer. You had no access to anything. You sat there at a big round table with other people with a phone in front of you and a bunch of index cards. Mm-hmm. All of these people, and this was 2011. This is not like 1989, right? Mm. So this is 2011. This isn't the original Wall Street here. No, yeah. no, no. So the internet exists, yeah. right? Like it's not like like things like real like life that we live in today existed then. Like mm. this is not like going way back when. Right. So this is 2011. So at the time, still these places existed where I would uh, 
You sat there, you had nothing but a phone in front of you and a stack of index cards. And on those index cards were the names, addresses, and phone numbers of people that companies aggregate their information for you and you buy the cards and you yeah, have them. You buy leads, yep. You buy leads. So these people are all like, they're like Midwestern dudes. Like, oh, this guy's a dentist in Indianapolis. And this guy's like, you know, he's like an orthopedic in, you know, Des Moines, Iowa. Third mm -hmm. guy's like, you know, he's like a plumber in like, you know, 10 national So you're trying to bilk people out of money, basically. In a sense, that's yeah. what it is. And yeah. this is a real thing that I like... I didn't know exactly that that's what I was going to do. So, mm. like, I showed up Monday morning, and they're like, give me the phone. They gave me the things. And they're like, all right, so you have to, like, make some calls. And they give me the list uh, with, like, the, 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 like, rebuttals list, they say, mm -hmm. which is the, the, like, all the different, like, if somebody tries to get off the phone, they, there are things that you can say mm -hmm. to keep them on. Don't you want your going. kids' college educations paid for? Like It's like, yeah. and it's some of it, it mm -hmm. it's not that blunt. It's mm -hmm. very much, it's it's much more like, look, I only see three or four great ideas a year, and I save them until I can find uh, the right type of clientele to pitch them to. I, I go in hard and fast, and I only try to, you know, pitch things a couple times a year, and this is one of them, blah, blah, blah. And it just has... The script just you 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 just described my strategy with women. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, the script they so they're pitching the, the the whole entire pitch is that this is a very unique opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. For this stock, this company, this whatever that you should buy. Uh, Did you have like a list of stocks that you were selling? No, no, no. You can sell the whatever thing. the hell you wanted. That's the thing. The script just had like brackets and it said X, Y, Z <laughs> and then stock. And then it just continued down the script. Wow. So there was no real like nuance to it. Uh -huh. And that was the thing that got me going back to the idea that like I'm like a person who wants to like understand what I'm doing first mm -hmm. rather than sell it. Right. So I was like. I remember asking, like, well, like, who's doing the research for this? Like, who thinks this is a good buy? And he right. goes, I don't know. We just, like, found it. Right. And that's what it was. Huh. So this is 2011. And so I, so like, it was like, a, was so like you get hang up yeah. on, like, 98% of the time, right? Mm -hmm. And you, or you get, like, the secretary. And you get, like, the secretary. And you get the secretary. And they won't put you through. And mm -hmm. that's, like, you can't. It is a numbers game, to be sure. Yep. But believe it or not, there are guys in that office that actually, over the phone, in 2011, were able to cold call a gentleman, speak to him, and get his name, address, social security number, and bank information over the phone and made a sale. I believe that. It 100% happened. Yeah. I saw it. I remember, like, sitting there. The Was there a bell that would ring when you'd make a sale? The guy usually just goes like, woo! Or just like, he's so fucking wow. happy that he got it. And I what kind of dollar I values were we talking here? I mean, that first sale is usually somewhere in the range of like in dollar values, probably like maybe like twenty five hundred bucks. Okay, in stock. and then you hook them, and then you yeah, try and grow like it. That's the yeah. idea. That's right. the idea of what we're going for. So I I remember vividly sitting there watching someone from across the room make the sale on a cold call. And I, my job was just open the whole time. I was just watching. Mm -hmm. So you made no sales <laughs> in your five days? I made zero sales in my five days. Okay. I could barely fucking put up with it. Mm -hmm. Like, I was just, like, itching to get out of there. Like, I was taking, like, Wednesday, I was taking, like, a long lunch, came in late. Like, I'm just, like, I'm out of here. Mm -hmm. Because I could never do it. Right. Just I'm sure the turnover in those kind of places. The turnover is enormous, yeah. Right. And none of the people who are in charge give a shit about any of those kids. Of course. Yeah. yeah. They don't care at all. Right. 
Was it like a bunch of kids and like one or two like old weathered guys who've been doing this for like 10, 15, 20 years? Yes, yes. Yeah. There, was, there was a lot of that. Right. It was like 90% of them were all like under the age of 25. Yeah. A couple of them were weird. Like some, a lot of them didn't have like college educations. Mm-hmm. So one of them was on parole, which was weird. I, I believe that. I totally yeah. believe that. Yeah, so there were... Th- it was like a pump and dump kind of it thing, It was right? a little yeah. bit like that, okay. yeah. Yeah, so that was like the worst salesman experience I'd ever done. <laughs> okay. So I gotta say that. Yeah. But, I don't know, let's try to flip it back towards the positives. Okay. Sales is a good thing. Sometimes it's a good thing. It, yes. it, it, it puts a client in touch with a, a want or a need right. and facilitates that. Right. You know, my girlfriend, Anna, she just bought a car. Okay. So we, I went with her, obviously. She admitted that she's a terrible negotiator. I pride myself on being a adequate or adept negotiator. So I mm-hmm. said, I'll come with you. I'll help you out. You know, I'll try to get a little more free trade in for you, and we'll try to knock the number down a little bit. Okay. Um, did you? I did. I'm, I'm happy to say that she got about 4000 off sticker, and probably her, her trade, admittedly, was a bit of a hoopty. A hoopty is an urban slang term for a beat-up car. Okay. Um, I guess the more antiquated term would be a jalopy. Jalopy. So she had a hoopty. Not a lemon. No, no, no. A lemon's when you buy the car and it immediately breaks down. Her car was just neglected. It was a, like an 06 or 07 Hyundai. So it had oh, wow. seen better days. Yeah. It was beat up. Anyway, so you know she was buying a car in the high twenty, low thirty thousand dollars range. When you roll in with a car that's worth a thousand dollars, they don't take you seriously typically. So mm-hmm. you know we we went there and discussed it. Anyway, I was happy that we got a good deal. But we went to obviously four or five different dealers to price shop it. You never go to one dealer and what the dealer tells you is a good deal. You take that's stupid. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I, w- I would say one exception, though. Like, I, when I sold my car, I went to CarMax, mm-hmm. and they're a universal system. So you get every CarMax, they can give you the same price. Okay. No, I'm not disagreeing with that. But yeah. when a dealer's offering you trade-in value, oh, okay. you yeah, got to yeah, shop yeah. that around. You shop that around in different places, yeah, yeah. And also, the purchase price of the car itself, you shop around. When you're buying a new car, especially. Um, anyway. Well, yeah, that's so, different, yeah. You know, you kind of touched on it earlier, which is that the salesman, I guess part of being a good salesman is like caring about the customer and probably like feigning it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we notice that a lot. Like there's a lot of, you know, like if you mention like, oh, I like silver cars. The guy's like, yeah, I have a silver car. I like silver cars too. Like they're trying to like relate to you very poorly. And I, 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 very I, synthetically. Yeah, I, 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 took, I took a lot of joy <laughs> out of recognizing he drives, that. He drives up in his like red Ford yeah, Explorer. Exactly. And he goes, oh yeah, I got a well, silver Hyundai at well, home too. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> Come on, man. I can see right through you. <laughs> right. So, you know, new car and used car salesmen are probably some of the, the worst and the, the, the most hollow that you can see right through. I would agree with that. Yeah, they can be uh, they can be rough at times. They're really mm-hmm. trying to push the sale. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, you know, sales, at the end of the day, one of the things that I've noticed is that if you look at the hierarchy of a big company, you go to, like, you go to like IBM, you go to Goldman Sachs, you go to, like, big, big companies like that, the people who move up the ranks are generally the ones who have been able to make money for the company. And oh, those absolutely. Are the salesmen. Yeah, without a doubt. So it's like it's a double-edged sword because if you want to move up the ranks, you need to be able to sell yourself and mm-hmm. you need to be able to sell the company. Right. And that's kind of like all it boils down to. Like just because you're like a really diligent secretary doesn't mean they're suddenly going to make you like, you know, chief operating officer of the company. No, absolutely it's just, not. It's tough that way. No. So, I mean, when you're really trying to – you're ambitious sales come with the territory absolutely so that means that you got to try to like you know find it in you to like make yourself a salesman mm-hmm. like i've been doing it at my new company too i've been like trying to like get my claws into the different company aspects of things so one of the things that i figured out is they have a whole different division not the one i'm in different division where they they do recruitment 
for new new candidates, trying to get the company's name out to different colleges and institutions to do new recruitments and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I like proactively went after the guy who runs it. I introduced myself. I went out there. I said, hey, you know, I have contacts at Lehigh University. I've contacted the Student Institute. I've contacts here, there, and the other thing. Mm-hmm. And so I've been like proactively trying to like introduce my company to these contacts because then, if I become the funnel yeah. for getting all these new college students the into the company, guy there. Yeah. then I have you know made a name for myself for a little bit. So that could be good for me. Mm-hmm. Smart. That's something you got to do. Self promotion, it's important. Exactly, that's the, the big thing. It's no like, shame in it. Nope, nope, not at all. Mm-hmm. I will gladly, uh, I'll whore myself out any day. It's a fine line though, because then, if you cross it, you become the sleazy used car salesman. You have to tread lightly. Yes, you have to tread lightly. You have to show good faith. Yes, is what it is. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, my line of work in particular, mm-hmm. I can't be just cold calling every random company and saying, "Hey, do you want me to package your, your widgets?" If you say so. Yeah. I don't know how it works in there. I mean, sometimes that can be effective. Mm-hmm. When I was at my old company, I was able to track down a few solid leads from uh, email. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was actually a big thing. Like, we had a... Constant like a, contact? A constant contact yeah. and some, like, email. Like, just a, a well-worded email response to someone who clicked on our links just out of dumb luck curiosity. Mm-hmm we were able to track down uh, several leads. And it's the funnel. Like, you know, you see 100 people, 10 of them click on your link, three of them respond to your email, and one of one them One of them, the right. That's what it is. That's what counts, though. But, you know, like, I, I was able to get uh, a few of those down, like, you know, the wiring, you know, close the sale on one or two. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's just what it is. It's just a numbers game. Mm-hmm. So. What it boils down to, sales is a number game. Don't be afraid to self-promote. That's right. <sighs> All right, so we've talked about that. Do you want to close it up for the night? I do. All right. Do you got any last words for us? I just said them. You just said them? About right? sales. Okay, so we, well, you say one more time for us. Comes on numbers game. Don't be afraid to self-promote. And don't be a sleazy used car salesman. There you go. As usual, you usually have words to live by, and we will continue with those words to live by. That could be our new sign-off. We've had some weak sign-offs. We've had very weak sign-offs. So, so yeah. we should we should finish our sign like Words to live by. Words that's to a, that's live fine. By should yeah. be, that's, I think right. that should be our closing Don't be a sleazy used car salesman. Words to live by. All right. All right. Good night, everybody.